Yeah, this is when I find out for the first time my my adoptive mother was wrong. It wasn't Martin. My my adoptive name was Tyler Keith. And I was like, what? Tyler Keith! <laughs> Sounds like a country singer. Okay, um, I have an introduction for you. Okay. Ephraim C. Nicholson is Tyler Keith Stumpf. Not that it matters any bit to you. But to me, it's like hearing that Tina Turner is actually Anna Mae Bullock. Which was her original name. Ephraim was Tyler before he was Ephraim. I'm alluding to an adoption of rather recent story that um, he started looking just last year. A story that I haven't heard, but we'll get to that. But first, let me indulge myself a little bit and talk about high school. <laughs> Ephraim and I went to high school together, St. Thomas Academy, a male Catholic military school. The military wasn't that big of an element, though, mm -hmm. but we did wear uniforms. The school was very white and very rich mm -hmm. and very insular. Mm -hmm. So insular. I always sound very um, intellectual when I say insular. Insular. So insular <laughs> that certain concepts, realities, I should say, didn't penetrate the walls of the school. One such concept was race. Mm -hmm. Though we were friends, bonded over Rage Against the Machine and Egg McMuffins, yeah. which he often bought me. Hell yeah. Which I thought was very nice. <laughs> I don't think we, and by we I mean I, ever acknowledged that he was black. His adoptive parents are black. He is light-skinned, but to a 16-year-old me, they looked biological. And I never thought anything of it. I've never acknowledged or realized that all those years ago at St. Thomas Academy, the racism, stereotypes, and pressure often placed on our black friends and family could be placed upon my friend. Ephraim was Ephraim, and because I wasn't racist, or so I thought, Racism just, like, didn't exist in my world. Anyway, this is just a long preamble to a dumb question. Would it have been better if I was a woke-ass white kid that made you feel seen? Or was there a benefit to me being so oblivious to the realities of race in America? That <clears throat> is a truly deep question. Partially because I personally have issues grasping racism as well because I am half white, half black, and my parents, whom I've lived with since I was three months old, they are my parents, you know, but they are black. My family, my extended family, is black. Me being half white, one of the first mixed in the family, confused me, and I didn't know where I fit. Here in Minnesota, my parents sent me to Catholic schools my whole life. <clears throat> so the social atmosphere was completely white. Except for a few, you know, uh, little speckles of, speckles of color, let's say. Uh, so I, li I lived in two worlds. 
and I didn't know where I fit in. So when people didn't acknowledge my my race, I felt, okay, this will be a fine place to fit in. As in... <clears throat> You kind of liked that, or in that way, yes, I did kind of like that. Because uh, you would feel you'd have to um, act a certain way or fit into a certain idea of being black. Yes, and I, I didn't know how I how to identify. I I I identify now as black. At the time, I didn't know because I didn't feel black enough. Because I talked white, I acted white and didn't feel that I fit in with my family, uh, my extended family. My parents are pretty white black folks, but that's aside the point. <laughs> um, so it kind of, in a way, it helped me at least find friendship that I felt didn't. I was identified by who I was, not what I was in a way. To answer your question, yes, it was helpful so that I could feel like I didn't have to act a certain way. I could find my own way to act, um, at least around my peers. I must admit that I feared, though, what the teachers as a collective saw. Like, if they were like, oh, RJ's black, Gabe's Indian, you know, Ephraim's something. <laughs> uh, so, I, I wondered, I wondered what they, what they thought. And I wondered if they, I remember fearing this in, high, in grade school. There was one other black student in my grade, in grade school, and I felt like the teachers always just compared him and I to each other rather than the class as a whole. Like we were isolated in that way. They were like, oh, that Nick, he's, he's something. That Ephraim, he's really good, though, in comparison to Nick. God, that's so evil. Yeah. That's so, such a gross um position to be put in yeah and that was that was probably the worst like grade school is definitely the worst for me feeling that way i would like to step in and say that i regret the fact that i was an ignorant teenager and i wasn't there for my friend and didn't acknowledge his race and didn't acknowledge how crazy of a situation it must have been for him and so, yeah, that's, that's no good, but I can only try to be less ignorant now, <laughs> I guess. Shit. Well, speaking of <clears throat> identity and where and how you fit in, just last, I think last March 24th, <laughs> 2018, on Facebook, you put out um, a post asking people for advice on how to find birth parents. Yeah. I yeah. Did. Take it away. All right. So, um, I can I start at the beginning with this one? Um, so, okay. Generally, what happens is 
when I was going to make a joke about like how people are made, but I, okay. I won't. No, 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 no. I was just going to make a dumb joke about sex. Like, oh, it, it happened this <laughs> way. Like someone put their penis in, you know, but it's a dumb move that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will, I will start from March 24. Um, but no, uh, so they move up to Minnesota. They're Baptists. They're trying to find a Baptist church. They can't find one. They're like, what is, why is, why is, they just couldn't find one. They drove past the cathedral one day. And my mom was like, hey, let's stop in there, see what they have to say. And my dad was like, that's a Catholic church. And Baptists and Catholics don't exactly have great history together. And my mom was like, let's just see what they have to say. So they go in, they speak with Monsignor Hayden. Uh, Monsignor Hayden is very convincing and uh, gets them to start the RCIA process, which is to get... Uh, the conversion. Yeah, to get non, uh, non-Catholics into the Catholic that they Church. Went, so they walk in and they're like, hey, uh, convince us? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Monsignor Hayden did. And they, they went through the conversion process, the RCIA process, Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults. Um, and during that time, my mom got pregnant. This is my adoptive mother. She got pregnant. During the confirmation like the final point where they are becoming officially Catholic. Like confirmation says, you are now welcomed into the Catholic Church. My mom says that she felt the chrism cross her forehead, and after that she no longer felt her baby move in her womb. She found out that she had a miscarriage. Now, symbolically, that's a messed up thing you'd think like, oh, basically this chrism oil like killed my child. But they had gone through counseling about it. They still remained Catholic. They talked with Monsignor Hayden. Again, Monsignor Hayden was like, you know, uh, there's this thing called Catholic Charities. They offer adoption services. You could consider adoption. So... They were like, you know what? Yeah, let's let's do that. My parents came in. My dad, this is me now. My dad looked at me and he said, that's the one. Didn't even have to interact. He's like, that's the one. So I'm living my life knowing I'm adopted, not knowing much about it. So years go by and I'm just thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. Post on Facebook uh, at apparently 2018. Uh, hey, I'm going to be off Facebook for a little while, but I'm going to try and I'm trying to find my mom. Basically. I'm, I'm really, really tempted to meet her. Yeah. Can where, I, where did that um, come from? Was it something you've always had built up? The desire to meet her. Yes. I, at least as far as I remember, I just wanted to, I wanted her to just see me and me to see her. Uh, in, in, uh, to satisfy what inclination? That's a good question. To thank her. To thank her. Because I feel I lucked out with the parents that I got and the life that I got. I feel really blessed. Um, So I wanted to thank her because obviously she had her reasons for giving me up which may have meant, you know, a life of difficulty or whatever. 
So I wanted to thank her. So I post on Facebook. I'm like, hey, need some help. Here are some hints that I have, I think. There was a bunch of people who posted different ideas. Classfinder or something. Com and none of that stuff was working. My friend at the time, Gabe's older sister, she's like, here's some hints. A couple names through like the white pages. But the thing is, I didn't know how to, how to spell stump if it was S-T-U-M-P-H or S-T-U-M-F. She was like, why don't you go to this website and request a birth certificate? That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, because I had some information. You existed. I did. I and did. they documented it. Yeah. Um, but I found out like, my my birth mother had the option of allowing me to see it or not allowing me to see and it. I wouldn't find out until I filed for it, like I f until I filed the thirteen bucks. Uh, didn't have my dad's name. Did not have my dad's name. Uh, and it had my name. And I find out your Tyler name. Yeah, this is when I find out for the first time my my adoptive mother was wrong. It wasn't Martin. My my adoptive name was Tyler Keith. And I was like, what? Dial a <laughs> Sounds like a country singer. You know what? I'm going to text her. I'm not even sure if it's a cell phone number. I'm just going to text and just see. If I get no response, I get no response, whatever. Uh, and I text the number. Hey, this is Ephraim. Um, didn't, I don't know if I was very communicative or if I explained myself well enough the other day. Uh, my name would have been Tyler Keith Stumpf, so I'm, th I'm sure Ephraim threw you off. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I get a call back. She's like, oh, and I was just like, I need to know if I need to keep searching or if my search is over. Is what the end of the text said. And she called me back. And she's like, well, your search is over. But I'm sorry. I'm not in the right spot right now. To, to, to talk with you. And I was like, okay, well, um, you know, I, but we talked for like five minutes. And I was just like, you know, I just wanted to thank you, you know, for what you did. I, I don't know your reasons and I don't really care. I just wanted to thank you because it's been a blessing. Um, and, uh, yeah. So we can talk for like five, ten minutes, and yeah, that was it. That was my meeting with my birth mother. Full it, uh, no, no other communication. No other communication. She said that out. She said that our paths would cross again. The relationship between child and parent. How has that been influenced by? this kind of overhanging idea of adoption and what is a parent? Hmm. I'm really attached to my son. Um, and you had him pretty young, right? I was... Young for <clears throat> common right. days. I was... I must have been 22. And uh, he was born out of wedlock. Um, so the mom and I aren't together. Um we tried to make it work. It just wasn't working out. We lived together, like just basically co-parented for the longest time. Uh, longest time meaning like two years? We lived together probably like eight. 
okay. co-parenting. So that's long distance. It's a long time. But it, it worked out because oftentimes she was working in the evenings as a server and I was working during the days. I thought you said surfer. Dude, night surfing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was just putting on the grind, you know, just like working away through the night surfing community. <laughs> I respected her dreams, you know, but... <laughs> Yeah, it, it worked out. I, I mean, it worked out. It worked out with regards to Easy's um, uh, uh, the timing of his care. Uh, it, it didn't work out with regards to our parenting styles. Your, you know, I've, I just always have admired um, uh, your your relationship and your your parenting because I always I, just felt like I was like, man, if I would have had a kid, I wish I could do like. As good of a job as like Ephraim, and, and that's a, that's that's that is a, a, an influence of my my adoption and my 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 adoptive father. Um, the fact that I was adopted at some point had startled me as a kid, thinking somebody didn't want me. I didn't know their reasons. Somebody didn't want me, so I am unwanted. But my adoptive father loved me so much you know, um, that I knew I was wanted by him. The intentionality is, uh, is very clear, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and with my son, I didn't want to step away and do my own thing. Um, I wanted to be there for him, always with him. And he was a super clingy kid. He still is clingy. He's very affectionate right now. Um, I'll just, we'll just be doing whatever. And he'll just come up to me and be like, have a hug <laughs> yeah man you can have a hug <laughs> but uh no even as a kid like i called him a little koala because he was just like clinging on to me i could let i could let him go and he'd just like hang on like some kind of little monkey <laughs> uh but yeah so um yeah my my adoption definitely influenced my the way that i parent i want because I, I i i the 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 I didn't want to let him go the way that I was let go. I knew that there was a reason for me being let go, but I didn't want to let my son go. The show is called Your Eulogy. I'm supposed to get eulogies out of people. Okay. Um... Would you like to do one or we could, um, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like um, that's not the direction we should go. What were you thinking? No. <laughs> um. Sorry, my friends, I don't believe that I will be doing a eulogy today. Uh, I think my life that I've gone over so far 
there's too much to put in. Let me pare it down, but I won't be able to pare it down today. But thank you for listening to my life. I hope it gave you a glimpse and uh, who and what I am. putting their own nouns in <laughs> like we're not actually listening to your story we're thinking about our lives mm. and how they would be different if we were adopted and if we had a kid when we were 22 that's mm. my theory about you know we're empathetic to a certain point but the entire perspective always Abuse it has to come from the first person how does this relate to me yeah I don't think that I am very relatable. <laughs> you're very relatable. Unfortunately, you're relatable because you uh, suffer from anxiety and depression and you don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. Because, unfortunately, nobody knows who we are. Nice. Identity is both something that is undeniably real and also undeniably nebulous. Mm -hmm. Did I use that correctly? That's understandable. Mm -hmm. I could real I could grasp what you're saying. This has been your eulogy. <laughs> My name is Matthew Schneeman. My guest today was Ephraim Nicholson, FMC Nicholson, or Tyler Keith Stumpf, the best last name with a, that ends in a PH. <laughs> <laughs> If you have any questions, email me at youreulogymail at gmail.com. That's youreulogymail at gmail.com. That's all I've got. Not in general, just for this episode. <laughs>